Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Welcome to the Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. And today, I'm, I'm so excited. This is our third show of a series of five on the complete wealth formula. And it's kind of a thing that Yetta and I have developed. And I have Pastor Sean Ketchison here with me because today is on spirituality. And I thought, what better person than a pastor to bring in and talk about spiritual things? I thank you for the invite, <laughs> Ken. And it's, it's awesome to be here with you. Thank I you. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you. And so... Uh, if you listened the last couple of weeks, we had the relational wealth formula, we had the physical wealth formula, today is on the spiritual wealth formula, and next week will be on financial, and the, th- the fifth week will be on mental. So how all those things can make your house a home. And so hopefully you get some tips from today that can make your house a home in the spiritual realm. Yeah, so we're going to hit two of the key points of the star today, of our five-point star, and that is prayer and humility. So let's go to prayer first. Sean, how has prayer in your life, because you've been married how many years now? Put you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Sue's listening to this. I, so I need the math. So, right. so I, we were married in 82, August okay. 21st. Okay, so you're coming up on 35 years. Thank you for the math. Same as Yetta and I. <laughs> there you go. We just got married a couple months before you. That means to me you're elder. Do you? <laughs> very, <laughs> in, mature, in, very mature. Very mature in the, in the marriage area, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've been married 34 years, coming up on 35. And are there spiritual disciplines in your life that around prayer that have helped you to make your home house a home and has there ever been a time where you didn't have that uh, prayer life in your home maybe maybe you have always but was there a time where it lacked and what was the outcome of that 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 question is so easy to answer okay you asked the question about prayer in our home and my heart quickly flip-flopped and I'll tell you why our, our kids are grown up and married now. Mm-hmm. But I remember going through the teenage years and I'd come home from a, a challenging day and I'd take the challenging day into the house. I'd walk into the house and I would have conflict with one of our children who was a challenging child. So this is when you were married? Married. Okay. And you had teenagers. Teenagers. Okay. And I would right. come home in a conflicted state and I wouldn't say anything just walk in the house, and I don't know what it was, but it would be unsettled. That didn't happen often, but sometimes. What's amazing looking back on it is when I would come home and I would ask God, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'd ask God to, to, to help me. I would try to surrender the bad stuff of the day to God. I'd walk in the house, and the whole household is different. It's amazing when I look back and see how God would allow me to surrender stuff to him. So I go to the house, eager to see my kids, 
to see my wife. The past is gone, and I'm free to be a dad who loves the kids and isn't hung up on other stuff. So, so let me get this straight. So you 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 had a rough day, yeah, for whatever reason, and before entering the door, did you have some prayer time, like before you got into the house? The days I would have prayer time, mm-hmm. it'd be a beautiful supper meal. Okay, we'd sit together. It would uh-huh. be joyful. It'd be fun. And the days I wouldn't, there'd be some chaos. And you know the funny thing about me is <laughs> you think I'd learn pray every time. But sometimes okay. I would and sometimes I wouldn't. But I tell you, it worked. Okay. So you, so some days you would go into the house you hadn't prayed. Yeah. And you wouldn't pray with your family, either before you left or when you got there or whatever. And you said there's chaos in the house. Yeah. There's a totally yeah. different presence in that different presence okay is there a particular time you can reflect on that you know you go oh well this happened or or is it just it's just an overwhelming feeling oh i can i can think of specific things what 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 one is a time when we had uh an event i was going to take our our middle daughter to Mm -hmm. and we'd agreed i'd bought tickets and she's saying i don't want to go (laughs) <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay. what do I do with this? Uh-huh. And and I can just quickly see going down the wrong road to chaos. Right. A bit of an explosion. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Yeah. You, well, I could, I, I've gone there. I've like a kind of strong arm a child to do what I want to do. Yes. Right. I, I know. And I've, I've made those mistakes too. Okay. So I go to Sue. That's my wife. Loves the Lord. And... Talk to her, spend time, pray, have a strategy, go back. Everything's calm. It works out beautifully. Hmm. So, so for me, the, the greatest parenting tool I ever ex- encountered was truthfully going to God with the challenges, your concerns, asking wisdom and say, God, go with this because I know I can't. Hmm. Okay. So that's almost... I mean, we're, we're going to talk about prayer and humility, and that's almost humility, right? Because, well, it is humility. It's saying, I'm not God. I'm, I'm the head of the household, and yet I'm not God. You are God, and I'll put it back in your hands. Yeah. My, my walk with God is that I don't experience a powerful prayer life unless I realize I'm not God, and I'm totally dependent upon Him. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you've linked the two together. Because mm-hmm. I, I think they're inseparable. Yeah. So I remember a story about you building a house. And maybe you can share a little bit with it. Uh, it was you decided uh, you severed off some land because you were making good use of, of money. And you you'd built a house and then you severed off some land. You're going to build another house. And you're going to save some money by putting in your own electrical wire to the house. Electrical water, oh, water, 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 water. Sorry, yeah. it was water. There was electricity involved. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Tell us about that story and how prayer ended up uh, being required. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, um, I start the journey by wanting to save money. We built a house. I need to bring the city water to my house. Back then, you could pay fifteen dollars and get a permit to cut the city roads and bring your own water in. Unbelievable. $15. So $15 for a road cut permit, City of Gloucester. Wow. So anyways, 
So we, we've got the permit, and I have not brought this to God in prayer. Oh, you didn't? Not beforehand. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we, we start digging the road up myself, yes. with yes. my own backhoe. Because you're the road a backhoe. Up. Yeah, digging the road yeah. up. And I, I, I'm digging down, and I find this little wire. I don't know what this wire is for, but I just keep digging. <laughs> and then I find the water line is eight feet below grade. Oh, that's and deep. And right against the city paved roadway. So I think I've got to have the whole road cave in now. Right, because you've dug so, a big hole. Yeah, I don't know. What's the I don't, weather like right now? Raining. Oh, raining. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, believe it or not. So I, I, I need shoring. I get shoring. I get a company. Now, shoring's that steel stuff, right? The so, steel box. So you got someone to drop that off? Drop right? that off. Okay. We torpedo under the ground to get the water line across. Okay. Then, I, then the people come to meld the plastic on. Everything's going wrong. But now it's filled up with water and mud. The so hole. I, the, the hole, hole you dug. So I got to get a suction cup truck in. Uh-huh. But a suction truck that can suck up clay. But there are very few suction trucks that can suck up clay. It's a special <laughs> suction truck. Oh, okay. So I have to find that. And we go across the far side and the water people say, where's your standpipe? I say, I don't know what a standpipe is. That's how you turn the water off. See, here's a point. I'm now digging on the far side of the road. Okay. I'm digging, digging, digging. I look up. And I realized the hydro pole is moving, <laughs> which is all the telephone lines, cable, hydro for the whole region. Yeah. I've dug it up. I didn't know hydro poles only go in the ground a few feet. I had no idea. They're oh, not you, deep in the and ground. And you're digging pretty close it's, to it. Oh, no, it's gone. There's no dirt around the hydro pole. It's just floating. Oh, it's floating. Totally floating. It's all caved in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now so stressed out, I could throw up. <laughs> I could actually throw up. Like, thinking about it, I could throw up on you right now. <laughs> Please don't. I won't. But that's the truth. So I, 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 I phone City Hall. I pray to God, because now I know I'm in over my head. People that's, who don't build don't God, do this That's about when God shows up, right? And I pray that's to God. when you're over your head. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you got to pray to God, too. Ask yeah. him. Invite him. Yeah. So I say, basically, I just, I'm broken. I say, God, help me. I'm going to throw up. You're like crying. What a stupid thing. I got a hole in the side of the road. City says they can't solve the problem today, so I got an open hole. Are people going to die tonight crashing into my hole? So it's, it's terrible. And I can lose a hydro pole, and the whole, whole area is going to be blacked out because of me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, so, anyways, I phone up hydro. I wonder what the cost of that is. I thought that too. <clears throat> so I phone up Gloucester Hydro. Mm-hmm. And the guy picks up and he says, Is that you, Sean? <laughs> is that you, Sean? And I said, Yeah. He says, What have you done? I said, well, you've got a problem. <laughs> you've got a problem. Your hydro pole is about to fall over. So I tell him the story, but the, the whole point is this. God was faithful. God answered prayer. God brought, the hydro gave me a truck for free to hold the pole, clamp onto it, and hold it for a few days. The city came back. They did the mail. It all got done for $700 to bring the city water to my house, which is 400 feet away. But, but the point is, <laughs> I, was in a, I was in over my head a complete mess. I pray to God, and he brought it together. He, had, he answered the prayer. Couldn't have been any more stressful. That's unbelievable that you called Gloucester Hydro. Was it Gloucester Hydro? Or Gloucester Hydro. Hydro. Gloucester, Gloucester was Hydro. Gloucester Hydro. And the, and the guy knows you. He knows me. He, said, <laughs> he, he says, is that you, Sean? <laughs> so I said, you have a problem. But, wow. But God is faithful. Wow. So prayer really worked for your, for your home there. Can I tell you another area it works? Yeah, sure. My marriage. Okay. Marriage is important in a house because it makes a home if you have 
Totally. Yep, totally. It's huge. There's a direct relationship between Sue's and my relationship in regards to how much time we spend in prayer laying in bed. So, mm-hmm. so something we practice fairly, fairly faithfully, but not always, is we lay in bed, hold hands, and we do sentence prayers back and forth. We do sentence prayers because, to be honest, Sue's so much better verbally than I am that she can start praying for a long time and I'll fall asleep. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> so I, I've been there. So once so, I hit the pillow, I I think it's. It's sleep time. Yeah. And that's difficult to have that conversation with your wife. Yes. So what, what I do is we have this agreement that I'll pray a little bit. She prays a little bit. And as we're praying, God becomes very present in the bedroom with us. God helps us release the stresses of the day. We're turning it over to him. We're also allowing the person God gifted us with, our husband or our wife, to be our, our helpmate and journey with us in that tough stuff mm-hmm. and celebrate the good stuff. So it's it, it's it's the most I don't know it's the most most wonderful way to end your day for us. And and here's what I've noticed. When Sue and I hold hands and lay in pray, bed and we pray together, that fills also along with the spiritual blessing, it fills Sue's tank. Mm-hmm. Her love tank. Mm-hmm. So I, I could give her a gift. I could give her my time, I could give her whatever. But when I give her prayer time, that fills her tank. Mm-hmm. And she is so much lighter in life. She, yeah. she has joy. And when you have that harmony in your relationship, it makes your house a home, right? Makes it's, it the whole, yeah. the whole house is impacted by it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like at my home, I say, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so, true, isn't it? So Yeda and I have taken up that practice as well. We pray. In the morning before we get out of bed and we pray, the last thing we do is we write to each other in journals. We read each other's journal that we've written a note to about our day or what we appreciate about the person or appreciate about others. And then we pray. And in some cases, we, we have pray. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> it just makes our life way better. No, I tell you something else you told me off camera one time. Uh oh. <laughs> Is it something we can say on air? Yes. Okay. It's, it's beautiful, and okay. I never forgot it, and it impacted. I learned from it. Okay. You, and I may be wrong, maybe you didn't say it, but oh, I thought maybe you I did. did. Yeah. One of the things you've told me that you do is that when you first wake up, you kiss each other. Yep. And it's a lengthy kiss. Like, I thought you had a time watch. I know we you do. don't, but like 10 seconds or yeah, something. 10 or, second kiss, yep. And, 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 and it can't I, be longer than that, otherwise they don't go to work. It's a 10-second kiss, yeah. 30-second hug, and we're up. I thought that was the most <laughs> beautiful, beautiful thing. I get where you're going with that, yep. but I'm ignoring it. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but, I, but I thought that was the most beautiful thing. Yes. And to, to kiss or hug, but just really embrace the person God's given you mm-hmm. and honor them. Yeah. We start, start the day. we start the day with that, and we end the day with that, as well as prayer. And and uh, morning, we start with scripture reading. Yeah. We don't generally read scripture at night, uh, probably because I'm too tired. I'll fall asleep, and I have the Bible imprint on my forehead when I wake up. Then somebody <laughs> could read by Braille off your forehead. <laughs> probably good. <laughs> yeah. So that's, 
That's kind of what's really connected us in our house, uh, that prayer. And, and now around humility, humility is, uh, you know, recognizing that the house isn't mine, it's God's. Everything is owned by God and, uh, that God is God and I'm not. I'm a steward. I'm a manager. I'm responsible for it. I'm responsible for the family he's given me. Uh, but, it actually takes a level of stress away, I've found, either in business or in in, um, in the household or when things are going wrong. God, you've got a problem here. <laughs> you know, like the hydro's off and the water's coming up in the sump pit or whatever. God, you have a problem. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Because it's got to be a joint solution. Because I believe God wants us involved. He wants us involved in the solution. Yeah. But recognizing it's His is part of that humility. And I think sometimes people choose to live in not maybe the best house for them. And sometimes it's a lack of humility. In other words, they're living in too big a home, too expensive for their situation or what their situation has changed into the amount of money they're, you know, maybe something happens at work or one person's sick or whatever, and they, they really shouldn't stay there as long as they are. And to me, that's a lack of humility. It's kind of a pride thing. Mm. I'm going to hang on to it as long as I possibly can. And some people sink with it, you know, because they just hang on too long. And then others are maybe in a home that's not necessarily healthy. Maybe it's got some mold issues or it's too small, too cramped for the side. But out of humility, they think that they don't deserve or God doesn't want to give them a bigger house. Can you speak to that kind of scenario a little bit? I, I, I appreciate what you're sharing there, where you went with that. Um, when I think of humility and a home, I think of looking at the house that we have and I say to myself, I have this home and I've spent time in Africa in the same village you have. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, God, why, why have you allowed us to have this house? Right. It's, it's your it's very house. comfortable. We're, we're, we're fortunate. And we talk about this often, Sue and I do. And, and the concept is that God, God has lent us this house because He's willing to say, I'm going to trust you that you will use this house in the manner I want you to use it. Mm -hmm. And so with our house, um, it's for anybody to use. Um, This past year, a lady phoned me up and said, can we use a church? I said, what do you want the church for? We have a birthday party surprise for my dad. What do you want to do at the party? Blah, blah, blah. I said, why don't you have it at my house? So they had the birthday party at my house. Okay. So we, awesome. we do that all the time. And it's, and it's an honor. We have a bit of woods out back. Mm-hmm. Why do you want us to have the woods got? So we start a paintball group up. Okay. And, the, and the kids come and they build on it. Um, we have Bible studies. Um, we've had people. I remember one day I was at church. A guy came up to me and he's a pastor. And he said, I just lost my church. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just met him that day. I said, well, where are you living? I'm not sure. So we invite him and his wife and his kid to come live with us for two years. They just came home from church, and they lived there for two years in, in our wow. house. Wow. And, and That's the gift of hospitality. It really isn't. <laughs> it, it sounds silly, but it isn't. There, there's nothing. I tell you the sad thing in life is to go through life and not live in community. Mm. 
The, like, like when, when you have a house with extra bedrooms or whatever, the most beautiful thing is to have other people there with you, not people that take advantage of you. I, I counseled a lady yesterday who's being taken advantage of, but you have to have people who respect God's stuff the way you do. Right. So they don't take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. But the most beautiful thing is to be in community with other people in a house. So, mm-hmm. so we, we love that. The, the most beautiful memories are sharing what God has lent you without the people. And I've been at very many of your, you know, beautiful New Year's Day events, you know, where you get family together, play card games and, and board games and yeah. and build that home out of a house. Because a house is just the it's the sticks and mortar and the you know, the roof and that's the house. The home is what goes on inside. Oh you know? Yeah, it's the activity. And you, you do the same thing. Like you often want to use your home as a place to help people come together and have community and fellowship. I do. I do. And you recently put, uh, well, recently, several years ago, uh, you put a suite in downstairs for a family member, and then that family member didn't need it anymore. And now you're renting that suite, right? Yes. And so now you have an income to help support. And you also, you have land, so you built a, like a, a garage, a big garage at the back, and somebody rents that from you as well, right? Yeah. So you're, you're using your your home in a way that it financially allows you to do, it gives you financial freedom to do some other things in ministry and whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I don't mind sharing this. Sure. Part of, the, part of the reason for doing all that is because God has richly blessed us, and I want to be free to say yes to whatever God calls us to without needing to take a salary to do it. And so in a, in, a, in a year and a half from now, we'll be at that point. Whatever God says, go do it. I don't have to say, is there a salary? It doesn't matter. I don't need it. I can just go do what God wants. And I'm really excited about that. And your home, I mean, you've worked hard in, during your life and financially been responsible. And Sue's worked a, a long time in the, in the school board. And she's recently retired, which yeah. is beautiful. And, but yet you've been responsible with what God's given you and, and reasonable. And you're also leveraging what he's given you so that you can be free to do what he wants you to do. That's awesome. There's a phrase that I know you know better than I do, but what well, Dave Ramsey maybe says, not. <laughs> Dave Ramsey says, says, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Yeah. Live like no one else now so later you can live like no one else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we, we've tried to live by that. And I tell you, you, you talk about your home and humility and prayer. Like the whole, the whole concept of, of a home being a place of prayer has to be something that you're comfortable making the payments on, you're comfortable with, like you're, you feel safe there mm-hmm. without any stresses. So. Safe for everyone. Yeah. yeah someone said to me once, um, you know, how do, how do you know what to do? And, and it said, like, have the faith like God's going to do it and then work like he's not. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> right? So... That was an interesting way of thinking of it. So work hard and put things away, but don't just store up like the guy that built the bigger barn, right? No. But you're, you're storing up for a reason. You're, you're making wise decisions. And prayer helps with that. I think you, you preached on it a couple of weeks ago. It was very, very touching. And it was around uh, prayer, but it was about listening. It was about listening to God 
And one of the things we've done in our home is we've created a prayer room. It's our quiet room. We'll read scripture in there. We'll pray. Um, but we really don't do a lot more in there. It is a guest room, so it's got a pull-out Murphy bed thing. So if someone needs to sleep somewhere, we can use it. And yet that room is where we can sit quietly and listen for the voice of God. Yeah, I, I, I often think when somebody talks about prayer, we're talking about telling God stuff rather than hearing from God. Right. And when I broke my leg recently, flat on my back for three, four weeks, laying there wondering the joy of the Lord is my strength. I feel weak. I don't see joy. I had to sit there, and perhaps for the first time in a long time, I heard God starting to speak to me. That's interesting. Not just talking at God, but mm-hmm. He was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if He allowed me out of the broken leg so I could hear from Him versus just him, me telling him stuff he already knows. And you know what's interesting? In that period that you had a broken leg, uh, I came to see you a couple times, but, but the first time I went to see you, I was actually out in Russell uh, doing real estate work. And normally I'm pretty back-to-back with my appointments. You know, there's, there's not a lot of margin in my day. And this time I had like an hour margin. And I'm driving down and I hear the Lord speak to me, like just in my head, not audibly, but just speak to me in my head. You need to connect with Sean. You remember that? Yes, I do. And so I pick up the phone and I call you and you answered the phone and I said, are you up for a visit? And you said yes. And I, I, I was literally like, what was it, three minutes later, five minutes later, I'm, I'm at your door. I go in and it was a period where whether it was the drugs or whatever you were on, you weren't in a great space. No, not at all. And and God called me there, I believe, to pray with you and Sue and just really uh, have a, a, a time of connection. And it was so, so, um, what's the word? Just such a blessing to be used by God to do that. You were like, God's lifesaver coming to speak hope into the just the, the negative space I'd found myself in at that point. Right. So I, I, I'm thankful that you listened to God so that you could bring a message from God to me. And well, that's prayer. Yeah. It reminds me of a story. I don't know if you remember it, but the, the guy that's in a flood and he's up on the roof and he's praying to God, God save me. And so uh, a person goes by in a canoe and says, come on, come on down. And so he goes, no, 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 it's okay, I'm going to be saved. And then a little later, a person goes by in a boat, and the guy in the boat says, come on, come on, you got to get down, we're going we're gonna to go to land. And he goes, no, no, it's okay, God's going to save me. And then finally, a helicopter comes over his house, and the guy drops a rope and says, come on up, we're going to get you off of here. And he says, no, 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 it's okay, God's going to save me. And then, uh, you know, he, he dies because... The house gets washed away and he drowns and he goes to heaven and, and he says to God, well, why didn't you save me? And God says, I sent three people to save yeah. you and you didn't listen to any of them. And so sometimes uh, being in prayer is about being quiet and listening. Right and, on. And so making your house a home, is there a spot that you have, you know, they talk about a prayer closet and I don't like praying in the closet because there's clothes in there but is there, <laughs> is, is there a place that you go 
for prayer and whether it's in your bed. And it's creating a habit, right? It's a habit. There, there's, I think there's an interest. There's, I think there's a conditioning. The idea of having a place where you pray and do nothing else conditions you. So that when I sit there, that's where I sit to pray. If I'm going to read or something else, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But that idea of conditioning your heart. And, and for me, it's in front of uh, an aquarium. Sit in a chair in front of the aquarium and I'll pray. Nice. nice. There's something about water. It's peaceful, right? Even if it's a fish tank. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. Well, thanks for joining us on the Inside Track on Real Estate. We've had a great time talking about prayer. The last 28 minutes have just gone by in a heartbeat, really, I think. And we've loved sharing some of our relationship uh, journey. And, um, you know, just spend a moment and think or ask God or pray, how can I make my house more of a home for my family? And we're just looking forward to connecting with you next week with the complete wealth formula, focusing on financials. All the best.